sometimes when a story begins, you never want to hear the end. How about a story that never ends? The never-ending story. Welcome back, guys, to the Rock Hunter Collection. I'm one of your hosts, Jack, as always. And as always, again, joined by my brother and co-host and friend, Charlie. Hey, guys. Brought in from Alaska here. <laughs> can, you, can you imagine if I sound like that in the whole episode? <coughs> oh, the, the generator just blew up. There's an alien in the ice. And... <coughs> There's some kind of thing in the... <laughs> oh, wait, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> There's some thing. Oh, that'd be a fun one to do. Some being. That would be fun. I just... We just started the podcast and Felix is going, Ooh, talking on the Discord. I'm not going to reset the world, by the way. We're going to deal with how with how hard the zombies are. Anyways, guys, I don't know if you want to just jump into it, Charlie, or you want to give a little quick update. This is our tangent episode slot um, that we are filling with in the never-ending story. So, mm-hmm. you know, it could be a little mishmash, or we could save that all catching up until the end if you just want to jump right into it. You know, I'm fine with uh, catching up in the beginning, especially just to kind of... A little clicky? Yeah, just to fill... Well, I wouldn't call it that, but... Just to you know, fill the audience in on where we've been because you know I was I was sick last, deathly. not deathly sick. Uh, definitely, it wasn't COVID. Don't know what I had. Just some kind of like head cold flu, and I'm there still were, there was a bug going around. I'm still kind of like congested, or congested. Jeez, yeah, obviously congested. It was a little congested, and yeah. So it and it's just been and work's been long too. Like I feel like I've been. You know, putting in definitely like 7.30 to like 5, basically, mm-hmm. for most of my days. And so it's just been long. Yeah, that's rough. You know, you know, it's not it's not like the work that's rough. It's just like, I wish I had more time, man. No. yeah. Like, I guess I get home, and it's like, oh, I make dinner. And then it's like, oh, man, it's already 7. And then it's like, well, God, I haven't done my writing yet. And it's like, well, I do my writing, and then it's 9. And then it's like, well, I can't really do anything else, because I basically need to be asleep by 10.30. And so it's... It's just, it's the whole thing. I got you. I mean, I'm just coming off a a week vacation, which is super nice. Um, Ready to kick off the month of August and do some selling. So hopefully that goes well. Yeah. I'm, you know, I feel like I'm doing fine. Yeah. I'm doing fine. But like, yeah, so the vacation was super nice. Took it easy. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a vacation come up in September. Yes. Which will be freaking sweet. Sweet. Ah, sweet. There's a, there's uh, this Family Guy like picture. It's Peterson in the chair, and all the caption is just "Ah, sweet." And trying to read that in Peter's voice, I tried doing it one time, like while recording it, and I just cracked myself up because my Peter impressions got awful. It was oh, just yeah. me going "Ah, sweet." That's all it was. But I was dying. I yeah. thought it was pretty funny. I'll have to show you. But anyways, vacation was nice. Really didn't do anything. Staycation. Just stupidly hot, so it was inside a lot of the time. Yeah. But then it rained a little bit, had the chiminea going, so it was pretty nice. Nice. Pretty nice overall. And then we just recently got back into Project Zomboid a little bit, and that's been fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, been playing some Fortnite. That's been fun, too. Yeah. And other than that... You know, it's weird, man. You know, oh, probably the just another side piece of news. Uh, we found out that we're having a boy... So, you know, little little side news there. Anyways, no, that's like the best news that happened all week. 
that's the best news that happened all week. Oh yeah, so a little, little side news. <laughs> a little I hope everyone news. knows uh, that. When is Josh? When is uh this little little man due due to the world? Um, near the end of October. Not like a Halloween baby, but like okay. around there. Okay. Oh, that's exciting. Happy for you. Thank you. Thank you. Nervous for you as well. I imagine as you get closer, it'll be, you know, be a little bit more nerve wracking, but I think you will hopefully handle it well. Yeah, I was. I hope so. I was going to kind of add on to yes. some of the video game chat. I, man, I, since I last played Far Cry Primal for the last time of the podcast, I think that's the last time I've turned my PlayStation on. Wow. And it's just. It makes me sad in a way because I really like video games a lot, but man, like I think just with my life now, like there's just other things that are more important. And so like video games for me have to be usually on my computer because just that's easier. It's a lot easier mm-hmm. to be like on my computer or like on the switch while the TV is being occupied. So I don't take up the whole TV and it's just, man, it's just, yeah, like I really only play games on my days off. And even then I almost feel like it's a waste of time because I feel like I have other stuff to do. And I hate mm. feeling like that because video games are definitely a you know a long time hobby, hobby. Yeah. stress reliever for me, and so Fire it's and it's trophies. it makes me sad that it's because I always and I listen to a lot of video game podcasts. I'm a you know regular lurker of Sacred Symbols, you know PlayStation podcast, and it they always talk about all these new games they're playing, and I'm like that sounds so fun. Like that new game Stray that you play as a cat mm-hmm. that sounds so fun. I mean, it sounds I thought, like, when I saw that, I was like, that's a that's a Charlie. Yeah, game. it sounds right that's on my alley, Charlie but game. I'm like. When am I gonna have time? Like, when am I gonna have time to like sit down and even play this for like a couple of hours? Like, well, you know, so it just could could just be a phase in your life right now. Yeah. You know, you never know. Like next year could have a lot more free time. Schedule clears up, or who knows? Yeah. So it just, I think it's just a phase. Everyone goes through phases in their lives. Yeah. So, but other than that, uh, writing's coming along well. It was a little bit kind of like got knocked askew, I would say, for my sickness. Askew. And then I had right before I got sick, I was kind of inspired by Voyage of the Dawn Treader. Yes. If you haven't listened to the Chapters episode of Voyage of the Treasure, it's you're beautiful missing episode. out. Almost two hours, almost. Beautiful episode. But I was like, I kind of want to write a little short story. And so I started one, got like three or four pages in, and I was like, God, I'm not feeling this. Kind Scrapped of, it? No, I didn't scrap it. I never scrap anything. I have a bunch of saved documents, you know. Went back to another story. Kind of was like, man, I think I kind of want to write more of like an eldritch horror story. And I was like, ah, I didn't want to be like And then <laughs> like... And then I started working on some other stuff and finally just kind of came back to the old the old standby. But that is a, another, I think, frustrating thing about being sick is not only do you feel bad, but God, like, I want to do so much, but I'm like, I, can't, I don't have the energy. I don't mm-hmm. have the energy for it. And so... And you also have, like, a mental fog, so you yeah. can't, like... Yeah, that was... I, I hate it. Like, I hate being sick because it makes me less capable. And that's literally it. Like, <laughs> And so... Uh, you know, it, it it is what it is. Yeah. And uh, here we are. Is. Here we are, finally back recording an episode. Yeah. So that's why I missed the episode released last week. But we're just continuing our yeah. regular current trajectory. Our current trajectory. Just, you know, forgive a week, which, which is fine. I think this is like the second time we've missed a week, like completely. I feel like there's been, I don't know, a small handful of times. But to be honest, second or third. But you know what? Not a huge oh, well. deal. We got a banger so anyways, here. Charlie, I want to get your initial thoughts. Because you, you, how did we get into Neverending Story? Like, what was the spark? I'm pretty sure like, we were Ooh. talking about it during the uh, Voyage well, of the Dawn. What Cutter. led us talking about it? I don't remember the initial reason why. I just know we started talking about it. And I was like, oh, that'd be a good one to cover. 
Yeah. So Neverending Story, when I like went to, I rented it and then, you know, started watching it while I was eating dinner. Right. I was like, okay, yeah. I for, I don't remember, because obviously I watched it when I was way young, but I right. don't remember the whole beginning where like, I guess his mom's dead and the dad's like, yeah. <laughs> he just cracks like four raw eggs into the blender. Yeah, I love it. It exaggerates. It's like one egg. No, it's like, it's like, it is not four eggs. It's, it is, there's already like some in there. And then he cracks two more in there. Okay. I mean, look, we can watch Pull up the footage. <laughs> pull up the footage. This, this is why we need the video cast. So I can be like, I'll pull that up. Um, zoom in. Enhance. 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 Just blurry. What is that, Charlie? Uh, Blade Runner? That might be. Well, I th- okay, so that happens in Blade Runner, but I don't think that's the reference it's you're making. It's Sora's Battlefront when you're loading into the mission. Ah. Yeah, that yeah. was pretty clear. Anyways, so it was pretty clear. So he cracks those eggs in there, blends it up, and it's just like, well, yeah, can't let her sadness stop me from working, or you going to school? Yeah, drinks it, and then like, I was like, I didn't, I forgot you, there's like a sad. You want to know when she's doing about that? So I, I watched that opening, that opening scene, and you know, for of course we can't skip past the never ending story, the actual title song, which is probably yeah, the the most popular thing story. about never ending story is that song, which is funny, but makes sense once you've kind of seen the movie. I also want to point out that this was, according to Wikipedia, the most expensive film produced, I think, the year that it came out. Um Yes, and by whenever you reference anything, we're referencing just the Wikipedia yeah. entry. And you know, because a lot of these, a lot of these episodes, especially about movies, it's more about the movie itself and not so much all the history. I think sometimes a little bit of a tangent here, Jack. Yeah, I think sometimes it's a little bit easy to get sucked into like, oh, what do these people say about the movie? Oh, what you if you know the production of this, if you know, you know. And so I like I like a little bit more of the uh, the all natural, like just what we thought of the movie by itself. That's oh, it. Yeah. So, but I find that really interesting because it doesn't seem like it costs that much but i in watching it this anyways we'll get into it that there's a lot of detail in this movie that do, goes i think totally unnoticed and it's just really sad but back to his dad cracking in the the eggs to the orange juice and blending it together apparently and i looked it up so this is charlie doing a minute of googling apparently that's a hangover cure Hmm. How sad. So it's kind of implying that like his dad's not dealing with it in the best way, while Bastion is kind of, you know, go- digging into his fantasy worlds very much like a young Charlie. Um, his dad is you know drinking a bunch to escape the death of their mom, which is yeah, it is sad. It doesn't it doesn't like really lean on it enough. And to be honest, that whole conversation is so quiet. And like muted that like if you're not okay. directly paying attention you totally that's that's why one thing and it's with like especially horror movies and it's a way to like scare you with like the jump scare but like the audio is so horribly balanced mm, and where like the speaking is like kind of quiet but then okay turn it up you know 14 16 then the music comes on dun, 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 and you're like oh okay back down back down and then, then wait what's that over there and then and you're like oh my like yeah. I can't. So that's like my gripe with like not just this movie, but like a lot of movies. Yeah, especially like I said in the horror genre. So, mm. but from that kind of opening, you get 
you know, you kind of follow little Bastion there as he Bastion. gets bullied. And, you know, these are like, I think, one of the most classic bullies in the world. It it always strikes me as odd when bullies chase like one kid through a busy street. It just strikes me as odd that no one, I don't imagine anyone would do anything, but it, can you not imagine one adult being like, hey, stop, like, you're like just yelling at them or something? Yeah, that's one thing. I was like, I feel like someone would say something. Like, someone would. And the sad part is how, like, they throw him in the garbage and, like, they have nothing better to do but to wait there and make sure he stays in there. That's how you know that their lives are a lot worse than his. And, of course, that's when he goes into the bookshop. <laughs> the The owner of this bookshop is the most Mr. crotchety. Coriander. Yeah, it's the most crotchety old man and, like, tired of existence. Like, immediately he's just like, I hate kids. And then... Bastion is like, oh, yeah, well, I've read 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. I've read Lord of the Rings. And he lists off a quite an extensive thing of books, like Last of the Mohicans. And I look at that kid, and I'm like, dude, I'm sorry, kid. I don't believe for a second that you read Last of the Mohicans. Lord of the Rings, maybe. Even then, I can't imagine a kid. No, he's 10. Yeah, that, like, I can see you reading. But, like, as far, I don't know, maybe, look, Ellie's going to be 10 you know, at some yeah, point. Yeah, and so can you imagine her picking up Lord of the Rings? On her own, of her own accord, in, le- in reading Lord of the Rings? I mean, maybe I, it's just, maybe it's our modern era. There you go. Maybe, maybe we're stupid. Spoiled. Spoiled. But yeah, Jack, so what do you think about the actual, the bookshop itself? Because it's a cool looking bookshop. And about the book itself. And about how this, uh, was it Mr. Coriander? Mr. Coriander. How he kind of like... Just gaslights this kid into stealing his book. Yeah. Because he's like, oh, you couldn't handle this one. Oh, well, okay, I'll go, go take a call. Yeah, tell me tell me a little bit about that part. So it's okay because he walks in. He's like, I don't like kids. I'm like, leave. You're still here? Like you said, yeah, he starts listing out these books and suddenly he's impressed. He's like, oh, this guy's worthy. But it's almost like he's passing off a curse. It is kind of like that. That's what it feels like. Which, you know, based on just reading while I was, I was like, I don't remember like a curse in this really. No, there's not. But this is like one part of the book. It's the first half of the first book. Yes. And so I was yeah. like thinking, maybe there is a curse. I've never read no, the book. There's not. There's no curse or anything. It's just a weird. I'll get into it a little bit it's because I, I have read over some of like the synopsis of the book itself. Okay. But we'll get into that later. Okay. But no, I. I thoroughly enjoyed this. I like how he left the note for yeah. him and yeah. everything. And he turns around. Yeah, and he's totally like, ah, yeah, the kid took the book. I'm free. Hell I'm yeah. Free. Yeah, and so this is a, it's a pretty awesome book with the little, uh, what do they call it, the Orin on there, the little Ouroboros serpent eating itself, which is pretty cool. And kid, I think, what, at that point he goes to school? He goes to school and like Sees class there's a session. Yeah. I like how... This uh, school door. Uh, this is such a small detail. So, and this, just a forewarning for anyone listening to this episode. There's a lot of small things in this movie that I latched onto watching at this time that I don't think are important, but I just like I want to point out. I like how this school door seems like a blast door because he has to like get up and view it through that little thin slit that's open. Oh, you're talking about the doors, like the the small box yeah. with the bar, like not yeah, the, not the barbed wire, but the like the yeah, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, man, like this. That was in some of our school doors in elementary school. Yeah, I think. And so you know, he looks at that and he's like, man, test, shit. And he like, <laughs> <laughs> he like 
runs up into probably the most impressive attic that any school would ever have ever, which is just like this. I I don't even know how to describe it. It's, it's like almost like the back. Loft. It's almost like a backstage. Yeah, that's what it's, that's what it's yeah. like. He finds the key, and I almost was like, oh, this is like a wardrobe thing. But no, he turns around, takes the key out of the door, and brings it with him. Yeah. You know, I was like, okay. Yeah. Because it would be very unwise to lock one, yeah. Lock oneself in a wardrobe. And Edmund was an idiot. He fool. locked himself in the wardrobe. A fool of a tooth. But, and of course from there, he starts reading the book. And that's really where our story starts. A lot of the stuff in the beginning, I think, is really just tone setting to show that this kid doesn't have anything else except his fantasy worlds. And it's funny because I, in, when you watch the movie and it starts that way, you almost think it's going to be a bigger deal. Like this kid getting over the death of his mother, this kid. But not really. Like that's actually not the point of this at all. At least from the movie's perspective and how it shows it. Because I think very much like fantasy movies of this era, because why did this come out? 1984? 1984. You know. For some reason, I feel like fantasy movies of this era were, like, really obtuse. Like, they didn't, they couldn't figure out how to tell, like, just a cohesive story. And so there's always, in these movies, and I think of, like, Legend. I think of, like, Willow. I think of... Willow's another weird one. I think of all these movies, right, where you're like, I'm never quite sure what is actually supposed to be happening. But, like, things are just happening. There's like a prophecy. And well, there's, there's also like you know no what one I mean? else seems to really know what to do. It's all very vague. Yeah. And not even like to leave it up to your interpretation. Just kind of vague because. I know. And it, I always have wondered about why fantasy movies of this era kind of feel like that. Where they just feel kind of like airy. They don't really feel like anything is really happening. Like, But they, of course things like aren't happening. Like Nothing. A lot of the, you know, a lot of these movies are classics now, but it's not, you know, it's funny because I think the first one for me, it happens to be like, what? I even think of movies like Lady Hawk and stuff like that are just weird. Like, but like Lord of the Rings is the first one for me where I like, oh, this is like a cohesive, concrete story. Yeah. These are established characters, Some but like beats and you don't have any of that never ending story. I still think it works kind of on a design level, but of course we jump right into it and we jump into our. The uh, rock eater coming up on the camp with this racing yeah. snail and a little so, bat. But yeah, t- Jack, take away this first part. Our first look into Fantasia. So I don't really know if... There's only a few characters that have like names in this. The rock guy doesn't really have a name, right? I think he's called him a rock biter. I don't I know think they right, yeah, I think they call him by like where they come from. He's, called, he's just a rock biter, and really the only line that sticks out to me is he just goes, These were strong hands. Or these look like strong these, hands. Yeah. I Which hold on. feels like it should be way more impactful. Anyways, like we're we're jumping ahead. Yeah, that's here, like but. way that's like way near the end. Anyways, so yeah, so this bat, this dude with his bat, and this guy with his snail is sitting around this fire, kind of you know, chilling, and then like everything starts shaking, <laughs> things falling down. This giant dude on like this rock bike tricycle thing comes up and just like oh can i join you guys and starts like eating these rocks because he's a rock biter um and then he starts telling these other two dudes hey the reason i'm here is because my people sent me out to tell to get to uh where is it what, what do they call it the queen the princess 
yeah, the, 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 Empress, I, the ivory tower. The ivory tower, yeah. To go to the ivory tower to basically ask what to do. Yeah. And he's like, my world's been, my part of the world's been consumed by like nothing. Yeah. And then everyone else is like, yeah, like, that's the same thing. Like, yeah. Same for us, too. And so the guy leaves off on his racing snail, which is like a really fast snail, which is kind of. It's pretty awesome, to be honest. It's pretty cool. The other guy takes off in his bat, which I like the bat, like, always being sleepy during the daytime. And yeah, it's good. Yeah. But then the rock guy kind of sits for a minute. He's like, oh, I'm going to take some of these rocks for the trip. I haven't had such good limestone in, like, yeah. a long time. It's cute. I mean, it's. And then, and everything's done. It's very, like, try mentioning this before we started. It's very Jim Henson-esque. Mm-hmm. Everything fe- feels very, like, puppety. Yeah. Very um, practical. And there is there is CGI in the movie, but it's, like, early CGI. But a lot of these characters are, like, practical effects or puppets or whatever. At least, to my understanding. So, yeah. This, this is like the most iconic scene in the movie. One of the most iconic scenes. Because there's, there's a few iconic scenes. He's standing there. And then blank stare in the camera. Then you see the nothing like coming towards like where they are. Yeah. Tearing up everything. like ba- yeah. It's like a tornado that just sucks everything up almost. It's never... Like a wave. Yeah, it's never clear. They use a lot of imagery of like storms yeah. and weird Gathering clouds, clouds and... Yeah, and thunder. it basically appears like it's some kind of storm that's like consuming the land but and almost throwing like it into void. Almost like it's a living being the way they talk about it sometimes. Well, and I think that's just because it's like encroaching everywhere. Like it's, yeah. you know, slowly. So this scene, like... There's a back and forth between this destruction and his blank face yeah. for like back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And then his eyes widen and he's like, the nothing. Yeah. And then both scenes are loud and he's driving off breaking trees and it's all very chaotic. Like yeah. Immediately. Yeah. And, it's, and then it's quiet. It's weird because it's almost like when he first, the rock biter guy first arrives on his little rock or his little, his huge rock bike. It's almost implied that like he might be the nothing, but then it's, they're, they're like they're like no, it's not the nothing is something else. But he also just happens to be destructive when he's driving around on his his huge bike thing here. I love the bike thing. Yeah, it's pretty cool. But of course, from there we get our first look at the the ivory tower, which I remarked to uh, Kate when we were watching the movie that they definitely must have been proud of whatever model or whatever this was because they have these super long like overly long establishing shots of this tower and you're like okay and it's like goes away and you're like oh my god and like at the end they do it again and you're like oh my i I know what this place looks like yeah like i get it it's an ivory tower it's a white tower like and again i think this is where one of the first times where like the design of the world and stuff is really cool and really interesting um there's lots of scenes in especially later scenes when Atreyu rides off on Artax and he kind of goes, you get some like landscape shots of him going through like fantastical landscape. I thought we were like really good, like really kind of cool. Yeah. Good use of matte paintings. Like, yeah, I love a lot of these like backdrops are yes. like paintings and yeah. I love how those are incorporated. And I do, do love a lot of like the cloudscape stuff, which is cool. Yes. Because yes. of course they go to the very top of this ivory tower, which is almost like this flower, this like, you know, this bud and everybody's asking you know, for help because nothing is devouring and their these lands. Giant faces. Yeah. There's like these bird people. Yeah. A lot they, of cool. Freaky co- but cool. A lot of cool costuming work that you can tell they put a lot of time into that just they don't spend that much time on it. Like 
it's yeah. really weird that they put a lot of effort into like the design and but you see these this crowd once and that's it. I think I think it's just once. And then of course they're all asking, you know, hey, can the Empress help us? And the guy's like, hey, by the way, the Empress is sick. She's dying, so she so, can't help you, but there's a prophecy. And everyone's like, oh, a great war, you know. Yeah. Well, you know, who's already been sent for. And Who out- a purple buffalo. Now let's just throw that in there. Out pops this kid. Yeah. Who is like, what, like 13, 14? Yeah. Around there. Yeah. His name's Atreyu, which is a dope a great, name. Great name. A lot of cool names in this movie. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And everyone's like, "What? A, a child?" A and he's like, boy. "I'm the one." Yeah. Well, he's like, "I'm the one who." I was say, "Wow, that's a deep voice for Trey there." Um. He's anyways, like, well, if you if you if you don't want me, then I'm gonna go back and hunt the buffalo. And they're like, "But wait." Yeah. And you're like, "Wait." Could you fulfill the prophecy? And, and then he gives they give him the horn. Gives him like literally nothing to go on except go this way. You know. And it's, this is again, sorry, I have to cut in here. This is again where I feel like the movie kind of does a disservice in its story because they're like, yeah, you can't take any weapons. And it's weird. You're like, why? Like, why? But they don't tell you anymore. They don't explain anything. And it's almost like they're scared to have like long dialogue sequences or like exposition. But I almost think it really would have helped like make this movie make more sense if they had like explained a little bit more or... If somebody just had the foresight to be like, hey, maybe we don't need to have the little camp scene in the beginning and we can just start the movie with this group of people asking the princess, the child empress for help. You know, we can really get some detail in there, some world building. But instead they like... There's like a weird comedic relief almost. It's not even that, but like, it's almost like they don't want to like overwhelm the viewer. They're like, oh, okay, there's too much fantasy. Let's come back now. Too much. And of course... Uh, Treyu accepts. He rides off with Artax. Has the the aura and the little snake thing, which is the same thing on the cover of the book. And it really, I actually really like this. His first piece of adventuring music when he sets off the, I don't know what it's called, but anybody who's watched the movie, it's really great. I think really great as he's kind of galloping across the lands and that high adventure feeling is you know good. And yeah, and we so, keep. Oh go no, go ahead. No, I was gonna say so. We might have skipped over it. So, uh. God, what's the kid's name? Bastion? Bastion. So, yeah, he locked himself up there. Yeah. The and attic. so he opened the book. And upon reading this book, this is when you first see this fantasy world. Yeah. And so, yeah, there are scenes where it cuts in and out between mm-hmm. him and the real life. And I forget the first scene that cuts back to him. Um, I think it's before Atreyu enters yeah. the swamp. Yeah, because he's like, you know, oh, Atreyu. The purple buffalo, and it, it's oh no, because yeah, he's eating. He's like, mm, no, I should wait. And that, that, that comes, that part comes a little bit later. That's a little bit later. Yeah. Oh, okay. And so, yeah, it's I actually, I think it's very cute. Sports. I mean, it's it definitely captures that feeling of like a kid reading a book. I, I definitely remember several nights like staying up reading a book because you just wanted to know. So it definitely gets you, I think, that vibe, right? Yes. And we get to the part that you're talking about. Where he, you know, again, with the set design and stuff and just the, it's a really cool little forest river area. And I really like how it always impresses me when this kid who plays Atreyu is really good with this horse. Like, he seems totally comfortable around the horse. And yeah, I I like that a lot. Like, Atreyu, like, the person who played Atreyu was, like, 
did a great job. He did a great job. He did, and like he honestly carries this movie. Like oh, hundred totally. percent. Like his back 100%. must you know must be broken from cancer. <laughs> this is the most expensive movie I've ever made when it came out. But this is also when you. I believe it's brought up before, but there's something hunting Atreyu as well, which is <laughs> what's it? What's his name? Gamork. Gamork. Yeah, which is this wolf being sent out from the nothing. Yes. To which, stop him. The sole reason for Gamork. Is to stop it. Is to stop him completing his quest so that nothing will consume everything. Will consume everything. Yes. And and this I think Well, we'll get into some of the weird right, and I cyclical think, stuff. I think that's end. where a lot of it this book get, or a lot of the book, a lot of this movie loses what the book was and any story the book had, and it just started pulling for like spectacle. Because a lot of what this movie feels like is spectacle. Like there's a lot of like moments in this movie, and I think that's what a lot of people will remember, right? Who remembers what this movie's about? Well, no one. But you do remember when Atreus in the swamp of sadness and Artax is dies, gets, which is yeah. Artax gets consumed because in the swamps of like you're sorrow, like, you're or like, the sadness consume you. <laughs> yeah, like basically, you're just you have to not get so depressed. Which is uh, pretty. It's pretty good. The swamp will start consuming you more quickly than like the more sad you are. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Atreyu's like, come on, our tax, like you'll be fine. Really, really Go this sad. Way. Like, there's that part where he's like, hey, it's fine, it's okay, and yeah. he tries to move again, and the horse just isn't moving still, and yeah. then like it flips, and he starts like freaking out. Yeah, it, I'm like, that part is good. It's it's well done. It's definitely, I think, a little little heavy for a kids fantasy movie. Yeah, like I was thinking about it, and I'm like, man, would Ellie like like this part might make she Ellie was asleep. It might make her it. like a little uncomfortable, like because it's. This that's kid's like thought, screaming at this horse. I'm that's like, that's what I thought when we were watching Troll Hunter, the Norwegian <laughs> troll movie. But she was like, that's one of her favorite movies. She loves that yeah. movie. So I was like, it's weird. But so he loses his horse, which it, honestly is very. It's such just a tragic. Like, you don't actually see the horse go no. under, but You're like, but it's slowly sinking, slowly not sinking. Not in Game of Thrones fashion. The horse dies off screen, yeah. but the horse is actually dead. But then we continue on to. Morla, I the this part is so southern. Cool. No, this no. Morla is the something prophet, the, just oracle. the oracle ah. in the in the swamp, which she's been there for forever. No, I I, this this honest this this design stuff is awesome. So, you know, so this is like one of my. Yeah, I remember a, this distinctly. Yeah. He's climbing up this mountain, mm-hmm. and it was like Morla, where are you? And then like the ground beneath him starts shaking, and he falls off the shell you know like into the swamp and then climbs up on this tree and is holding on as this giant what the tortoise turtle yeah, turtle yeah turtle like stands up basically and then her head extends out of the sh- it's freaky but it's really it's cool. awesome yeah it's it almost feels very bloodborne-esque yeah and it gives it's me cool. it gives me like uh princess mononoke vibes with like great animals which i've always loved the idea of like great like just giant versions of animals. So yeah, and the the way that it you know she talks very slow, and yeah. it's like, ooh, why do we worry? Yeah, and he's like, Atreus, like, who else are you talking to? And then more more of us like we talk to ourselves since we're so alone. And, and so that's well, this sad. is this is the first hint you get that something might be a little funky going on with Bastion reading because when he that the um, Morla first emerges. Bastion like screams, 
And like it seems that like Atreyu and Morla both hear him yeah, scream, yeah, yeah. and they're like, and he's like, but that can't be. They're because they're both like looking around. Yeah. Like, and so does he read that they're looking around at something that they yeah. hurt? Yeah. That's kind of the that's kind of the thing with the book is like the one what the guy was warning him about at the beginning is that it's more real. Like you can't escape it. Which is a never ending story. Yeah, never ending story for real. But Morla basically pushes him on his journey. Of course. There's a part where he, he keeps sneezing on him, keeps throwing him off the tree. He keeps climbing up. I really like their kind of devotion to a lot of the practical mud. Like this, this I wonder if this kid had fun like slopping around in this mud all the Dude, time. Dude, I bet that probably real tiring, but a lot. But yeah, of fun. he keeps getting like pulled off the tree, and he finally gets you know some sense of direction about where to go. Um, and I believe. Dude. Sorry, I'm just looking at this. One of the musicians behind the soundtrack was Giorgio. The guy who was on the, like, with the father of disco. The oh. guy who was on the Daft Punk song. That's pretty cool. I just saw that, and I had to say that, so. My name is Giovanni Giorgio, but everyone just calls me Giorgio. Is it... Is it this, because uh, Morla tells him, hey, you have to go far distance. Is this where Falcor shows up and saves so, him? So this, yeah, so Morla's like, hey, you got to go super far, and there's no way you can get there. Just go ahead and give up. There's no way you can <laughs> get there. And he's like, no, but I can't. This is the only. And so he's trudging, and he's trying to go, but eventually, the, like, the sadness just gets to him. But also, Mork is, is Mork like, is coming. It's, you know, coming in. And they do a lot of, like, uh, Evil Dead shots with just, like, camera, <laughs> low camera, <laughs> like, camera zooming along. Yeah. And then, I which I, I I have like a weird fondness for those kinds of shots, but I don't know I don't know why. But then out of I don't know if it's out of the nothing or just out of the clouds. Yeah, Falcor, this uh, luck dragon, mm. comes down and saves Atreyu at the last second before Gmork can consume him, and before the swamp consumes him too. Yeah, and then like. Three days pass or something, and Atreyu's like unconscious. Yeah, and he's taken care of. And this again, I think this little part that comes up with the gnomes, love it. Yeah, it's great, and it it again makes me sad for what this movie could have been because like I was really paying attention to a lot of the detail in like the gnomes' little house and like how good I feel well, like the both trinkets the, in there, but the actors are. I'm like, God, they oh, don't yeah. spend that much time looking at this. Like, God, we spend way much more time with Falcor and. Falcor like is terrifying. It's he's just a little creepy. Like it doesn't it doesn't yeah, read like, well. Mm. Yeah, and like when he and he's scratching him and his tongue, he's like, he, you're, he, like you're like stop. And like stop. his voice is a little bit too like calm and tranquil, but like just kind of doesn't doesn't calm me down. It's it kind of like it's um it's like, not like a Liam Neeson where you're like it's oh, uncanny God. valley. But yeah, he's just. Falcor's a little weird. It's there's a really cool Falcor idea. loses him, and he's like, Atreyu. And there's like a weird, there's all like weird shots with him like halfway in the scene. Yeah. I mean, because he's a giant puppet. And yeah. But you can definitely tell. Yeah. But yeah, of course, this is, you know, one of the little gnome guys is studying the, the Southern Oracle, which this part is what always, when I think about this movie as like a kid, I really vividly remember the, the two night sphinxes, getting. the night getting zapped. And like then, and then him seeing he, the skeletal face. And then when he goes through, sees the mirror, and then the two, the next two sphinxes, where they start falling apart. Yeah, because the nothing is consuming yeah. itself. I for some reason it like very vividly sticks out to me. It's such like a striking 
like set piece. Mm-hmm. And of course, these two sphinxes don't let you pass unless you what fully believe and don't doubt yourself at all. Yeah. Which I, I was thinking about it and I'm like, so let me get a gut check, Jack. Would you pass the sphinxes? Because I'm a I'm a huge self doubter, and so I do not think I could get past the sphinxes without getting shot by a laser. Like you know, it all depends. If I'm like, if I am the only chance, yeah. I have confidence in that I'm the only chance. That's to a save good point. Realm. That's a good point. Like if no one else can do it, then I'm the one to do it. So I'm gonna do it. But it kind of implies that like even if you get afraid, because like yeah, because then he's like, run! also, can we talk about how nobody's gotten past this, but you can just jump out of the way? Well, he got past it to like a certain extent, and he's and like, then, <laughs> like, yeah. And then the old guy's like, "He made it! He, he made, made it!" it. Ah. And he goes down the tunnels I lo- out. I love that shot where he's like, <laughs> rolls. And his, his little wife is like, I can- "Did you fall out of the thing?" Again? He's all dusty. <laughs> it's good, but now of course, he's just to get past. Yeah, no. Then he walks through the snow. Yeah, which. Jesus, <clears throat> that was a bad one. Okay, point? yeah, I know. You can still kind of hear the sickness in my my voice here, but yeah, uh, he continues forward, and the landscape kind of drastically changes to where he's all of a sudden walking in the snow up to this mirror. Which this part is also really cool. I really like the, kind of like the little creepy music that they do the do 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 do, and this is really where I think. Bastion kind of starts to understand that, like, he's a little bit more involved in this because um, Atreyu, he, like, sees Bastion. He sees Bastion, walks through the mirror, gets to the true Southern Oracle, which is the same two sphinxes. Now, I don't mean to come across as a pervert. I would like to point out, though, that the sphinxes have two giant breasts with, with nipples. And... There are many shots where that is like taking up <laughs> front and center. 50% of the screen. And it's like, what are you talking about? And then, <laughs> and watching it again, I don't know why it stood out to me so much. Because as a kid, I don't think I, like, you it don't didn't really, connect. Yeah. But like, I was watching it and I was like, wow, that might be a little, a little extreme. It's not like they're just like the shapes. It's like, you know, they have nipples and everything. Like, <laughs> it's just, it's just kind of funny to me. <laughs> like, this this fantasy. No, movie. it was funny. Like Laura, <laughs> even though the first two oracles are the same, yeah. it's gold. Yeah. I was sitting there watching it, and there's that first scene, you know, close up, and I just like look at Laura and she goes, looks at me and she's like, you know, gives me that look. Yeah. And I was like, Yeah. Yeah. And so that I thought it was kind of funny. But then there's a kind of a horrifying moment where the Southern Oracle tells a tree that he's a find Jeez, all stuffy here. He needs to find a human child. And he's like, Where can I find a human child? And they're like, Beyond the boundaries of Fantasia. But hurry, because we're being fall apart. And there's they start crumbling. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really eerie. Yeah. Real eerie. Like, I love the concept of the nothing is so yeah, freaking cool. It's definitely it's like horrifyingly cool. That's yeah, why I like it's, it. And it's it's real eerie because I in some ways, it's unfortunate because I don't think they were able to quite display it how they wanted to. It's so abstract in the movie. And you do see things like failing and aging. But I always I always cut back to, I'm like, man, if they were to do like a remake, how cool could you make that idea of the nothing? Like 
this almost like crumbling and fading of the world as it gets consumed and broken into nothingness. Like, and you end up learning the reason why, which I actually think the whole kind of concept of Fantasia is pretty cool. Like the actual idea of it, which you get right at the end. You get like the origin of the land, like what the nothing is. You get all of it right at the end. But at this point, you know, they don't know where to find the kid. They just go flying around. Yeah, Falcor and Atreyu are trying to basically get away from the nothing and find this child. They get caught. Uh, Atreyu falls into, I don't know if they ever name it, but in the the Wikipedia it says Atreyu falls into the Sea of Possibilities, which is great. What a great name for a sea. And he like washes up on this beach where it looks like it's some kind of like town or civilization that's not quite succumbed to the nothing, but it's like almost there. And he basically sees in there that it was kind of prophesied, like it might have happened before or it's happened and he has this confrontation with Gamork, which is honestly... Well, before that, he meets the rock guy. Oh, that's right. And this, the, this is where you learn the rock guy's like, I tried to hold on to them, like my two friends, but yeah, like I, I couldn't, I, I, I wasn't strong than nothing. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I guess... Real really sad. sad. And he's like, I just all got to sit here and let it take me now. And you're like... You're like, and Trey's kind of like, all right, all right, well, see ya. <laughs> Do you know where I can find a child? And he's just like, I couldn't hold on. Okay. Yeah, he doesn't like really, <laughs> anyways. But I really like his conversation with Gamork here. And like, I like how Gamork is kind of just sitting there like in the shadow. Yeah. And again, though, the puppet work, this is how you know it's not Jim Henson. Because the puppet work is not quite there mm-hmm. it's it's mm-hmm. a little too awkward to like be threatening and it comes across as more goofy yeah that's why like but they made a smart decision and i think they kind of knew that because they keep them veiled and like shadow if a they lot. try I'm, I'm glad they went that route instead of trying to do like cgi or something oh yeah because yeah like if puppets are done well i mean we have tons of evidence phenomenal like they can do great you oh know? yeah even like go back to the labyrinth which, which we've talked about yeah amazing pub work in that movie yeah jim henson um but yeah like so that's not a strong point but it works it works it works enough to where fine and of course amazing for the time i think yeah and of course uh he what he stabs gamork with the little obsidian piece and i have to look at me i won't run from you yeah it's it's pretty great I'm actually kind of referencing the plot here because I don't really know. I guess so. The nothing consumes the ruins. Falcor manages to save not only Atreyu, but the Orin. Yeah, and at this point, Fantasia's broken. Like, he failed. And this is when he's, like, flying through the pieces of nothing or, like, the pieces of Fantasia that, like, are left that are slowly, like, fading away. They're not in space, but that's what it feels like. But, yeah, it's like... What they just left behind, like oblivion, and you get another shot of the ivory tower, and you get it's a, it's a really long shot, and you're like, okay, like you're proud of your model, it's a cool model, whatever it is, just, like, or it's a cool painting, or what I don't know, but yeah. But at this point, you know, they the characters of the book can't do anything, and they need Bastion to actually do something. Yeah, and like in Bastion, in the meanwhile, you know. It's sort of like storming. The more he's reading mm-hmm. the book, it's storming. And he's having to close the window and he has like a blanket on him. Yeah. And like Atreyu's like, I don't know how to give you a name. How can I help you? And then 
this this empress is like, there's nothing you can do. We just have to hope that Which, he is watching, that he's able to help. I do really love the idea of a child empress. And whoever they picked this little girl to play this child empress, I think has a very kind of haunting, ethereal nature. And we're like, really good casting. Like, really, you know, yeah. she's like, please, Bastion. And it's just like, I, I totally believe that this land has a child empress. Like, it doesn't yeah. even, I don't even bat an eye. And it totally makes sense to me. I don't know why. Like, because so yeah, Bastion's like, okay, I, I gotta give you a name. I gotta give you a name. Like, I'll yeah. do it. I'll do it. Like, finally, he's convinced he'll do yeah. it because the world's crumbling seemingly around him, too. Yeah. Goes to the open window and goes, Rah! like, screams. So, which, I think he screams Moonchild. He definitely does. And it's actually subtitled as that, which yeah. is funny because I remember watching this and I was like, does he actually say anything? But he does, and it's subtitled, which is weird, because, like, it definitely seems like you're not supposed to hear him. You know what I mean? Like, or that, like, the name wasn't important. But, yeah, he does call out Moonchild. Okay. Quick flashback. When he first, this idea of a name first comes up, Bastion thinks of his mother's name. His mother's name wasn't Moonchild, was it? I, I, I don't because know. I might just be confused on that detail, but, like, there's, like, some reference to the name, and Bastion's like, oh, my mother had a nice name. And I'm like, your mother, your mom's name was not Moonchild. Was that the nickname, like, his dad called his mom, or? It could be. Some, something like that. Or maybe that's what his mom called him. Yeah. I... And after he does that, Bastion kind of wakes up with the Empress, who, and everything's gone. And the only thing that remains of Fantasia is a single grain of sand. And... At this point, the Empress is like, hey, but you have the power to bring it back. You basically have, like, unlimited imagination and wishes. And so immediately it's all recreated. It's all taken over. And, it, again, this is where the movie falls apart because it doesn't really make sense. Like, it yeah. doesn't explain it well enough. I think growing up with this movie and watching it multiple times and, like, reading this plot summary and, like, reading a little bit more about it, I've kind of got it. But, like, I think from the movie itself, it's very confusing about what even what is even happening. And he brings back all of Fantasia. He's riding on Falcor, and he sees like all the friends. Everybody's okay. Everything's all right. Yeah, it all kind of like really starts tumbling real quickly at the end. And it and then ends. Goes, it ends so quickly too. Yeah, and he calls well, and he, flies. He goes into the real world. What, I, I love this detail that the people on the street are like screaming, which yeah. is everyone's like, "Oh my!" It's god. not just like the bullies who see it. It's like everybody's like, "Oh my god!" There's a dragon, <laughs> which I thought was and a, Falcor is like. Horrifying. Yeah, I, I I have a the the most love hate with Falcor I've ever had with any character because the concept of this luck dragon is really cool. I like the idea, but like it's like they were trying to do like a very like Chinese dragon uh-huh. inspired design. Yeah, but something just went wrong, and he has like a weirdly human, not human nature. This to is his no face. like Haku from you know Spirited Away. Turns into a dragon at the end. No, right? yeah. No, this is not that. I mean, it's the, that's what they're going for, but they were not it's, able it's to execute freaky. it. Well. Yeah, so then he flies away, and then this narrator comes out of out nowhere. Out of nowhere, by the, the way. First time, the first time you yeah. hear a narrator. Yeah. Like, but many things happened. And that is, the story continues. But yeah. But another time for another day. That is, that is for it. another time. That's and it. the movie ends. No, and then I, I, I don't, I've been wanting to burst into the Labyrinth song. No one can <laughs> blame you. Very similar. Never ending story. But overall, you know, and so getting into a little bit of the book material, 
and a little bit of like the ending concept. And so the ending concept ends to be that Fantasia is created from the hopes and dreams of people on Earth. And it because people are losing their hopes and dreams, that's why the nothing is consuming Fantasia. And that's why it's a never-ending cycle, because I guess and new generations of people. I and mean, I, I think guess. what's so sad is like this there's this concept that Bastion kind of gets sucked into it and he has like unlimited wishes to like bring back Fantasia. And so this is entirely taken from the book. This is nowhere in the movie. I'm just pulled off Wikipedia. So if my information is wrong, don't, you know, don't come after me. But Bastion, like, the more he wishes Fantasia back, the more he starts to lose his own memory. And, like, he gets, like, stuck. And he, like, makes adventures for himself and, like, brings back the world but loses who he is. Awesome. Awesome. In Fantasia? Yeah. Or in real life? No, like, in Fantasia. Like, he forgets about his real life. Which is, like, awesome. Really cool. This idea that, like, this kid saves this fantasy world, but then by bringing it back, he, like, loses himself. Really cool idea. Really cool. But, of course, none of that's in the movie at all. And so kind of what you're left with is just this vague, again, I feel like it's a very much a spectacle movie. And what's sad is I don't think some of the spectacle works. I do think a lot of the, the costume design, set design is really good. I think they, they're very heavily reliant on the weird cloud. I don't know what some of the stuff they're filming even is sometimes, to be honest. It looks like it's like the surface of like Jupiter with the, how weird the clouds look. Yeah. And so it makes me wonder if it's like, I would love to know how they did that or if it was they were just filming skies and they just is inverted it or inverted overlaid images. Yeah. Or, that, that's honestly like some of the cloud work in there is really interesting. Yeah, it's, it's really like eerie. Mm-hmm. very much gives you like especially people who've grown up in you know the midwest tornado alley very much gives you like that wall cloud kind of impending doom feeling that tornadoes give you almost like the the dust the dust bowl the dust bowl the dust bowl that would be a horrifying time to live Don't, through can you imagine but I jack remember, what was the book i read on the dust bowl not important not but important. jack overall what's your impression of never ending story so, i mean overall because we watch this movie i know i always do this i always ask you a question go on but we but we watched this movie a ton, or at least I remember this movie pretty vividly from being a kid. And so I kind of want to get your impression as like what you remembered of it and then what would the reality of was watching mm-hmm. it again. So I remember Big Rock Dude, Atreya losing his horse, the tortoise oracle, the statues, the gnomes. Yeah, kind of backs me up that a spectacle movie. Falcor. The nothing being freaky. Mm. Like all this movie being very like, as a, that's why I remember as a child. It feels like a dream. Boom, boom. This movie does feel like a, yeah. like you're having a dream. Like you remember just only a few. I remember distinctly. Yeah, Mork's face. Boom, right there because he's suddenly just there. <laughs> you know, and you're like, whoa. The and secret police. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, is he being crushed by a rock? Like, why isn't he killing him right now? But then I guess, anyways, yeah. yeah. Who knows? And so. But watching it back again as an adult with a more developed mind, at least by a little bit, I was able to, it was fun piecing everything back together. Mm, yeah, and very much. I, I was agree. Like, oh, I don't remember this. But, oh, oh yeah, okay, yeah, this, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is how this happens. Um, and like you said, I kind of had a really big appreciation for the music, mm-hmm. the setting, a lot of like uh, acting from a tree I thought was really good. Yeah, he's, he's great. Um, the Swamp. I was actually thinking, man, the swamp's a great. Is if this isn't a set, where is this? This they, is like a really interesting place. They, they film most a, a of set, this movie on a set. If it's a set, that's it like a phenomenal set. 
because the way it's filmed, it's yeah, it's great. It looks like it goes on forever, and yeah. I love that. Just this giant, you know, pit basically. Yeah. Um, I like I said though, I do wish they expanded more on the nothing and the more on more yeah. of the detail because it's weird for how they long took, this movie is, but you don't get anything. Yeah, it's like a two-hour long. It's it, a long movie. It is. And it's like it's funny because like I always don't think it's that long. I always think it's like 90 minutes. But it's like, no, it's not. It's it keeps going. Yeah, so it was interesting for sure to watch the movie back and kind of You know what's overused in this movie? Huh. The flying scenes with Falcor. They go on forever. <laughs> Just like over lands, and you're like, wow, look at all the cool helicopter footage you got. I mean, they're just going, going, and you're like isn't that insane to think that they used to use helicopters to get the, like, remember from like I almost said drone shots and I was like, wait, no. The behind the scenes on like Jurassic Park, they use helicopters. Uh Uh-huh. And I'm like, man, thank God for drones. Right. But yeah, so, yeah, continue with your thoughts. I kind of interrupted you there. No, so, I, I, watching it as an adult leaves me wanting more from Mm. this world. And I I do know there's a whole book. I do know, mm-hmm. but I I love how it's portrayed in movie format, and I yeah. wish it was just, you know, I, it's popular, but I guess it was more popular enough to warrant maybe, like, a small, like, six-episode release kind of thing, like, like yeah. hour-and-a-half-long thing, like, covering the whole book, I totally I totally agree with you. I It surprises me that we got a Dark Crystal series which didn't, I don't think, like, commercially did really well. I don't know if you watched it. It's called uh, Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. I didn't watch it. It's really good. I really enjoyed it. But it's interesting to me that we got that series before we got some kind of remake of NeverEnding Story. Because it, it feels like it's so ripe for some executive to be like, dude, we can make money off this. And it feels, like, so easy. Like, oh, such yeah. an easy. There's a lot of groundwork there. There's a lot Maybe of groundwork. It's a rights issue. It could be. It could be the after, because I know that the guy who wrote this, Michael End, didn't like this adaptation at all, and so it could be that after that he just never sold the rights again. But from my understanding, I guess this German company, whoever sold, you know, bought the rights, because I think what they paid him like fifty thousand dollars, which even in eighty four, that's not, or in the eighties, that's not that much. For the right for the rights yeah. to something that you created like that, I feel like it's not that much. But yeah, you know, it's, it's a lot of. Money, I'm obviously. I very yeah. much agree with you, Jack. Like there are so many things in this movie that are intriguing to me, but they're very much intriguing from like a surface level. It's like where you, I want to dig more and dig more into it, but it's like there's nothing there. Like, like at the end with Atreus sees all the little murals on the walls and all the stuff like that, and you're like, what? What is this? But, but you don't really get that much and i think that's what's so odd about this movie is that for how long it is for how much time it takes for things to happen somehow you don't really learn anything Mm -hmm. and it just ends up being some kind of like vague quest to save the world that ultimately kind of fails which i do like that about the movie too i mean like it does have a happy ending because you know bastion wishes everything back but like Atreyu fails. Like, he doesn't... He can't do it. Which is really interesting. Well, Atreyu, Atreyu does complete his quest. In in a way. He does... He, he does he find does, the he, boy, yeah, I he guess. He goes as far as he can. Yeah. And then the Empress is like, hey, 
you've done all you can. It's literally up to the person you guided here. True. And so Atreyu did his, uh, he completed his yeah. quest. I do like that it, Atreyu, like, the actual actor was, there was no, if there's no slash very little stand-ins for him, like, he did everything. He was always, he was the one riding the horse. You know, was I was one. curious if he was the one riding the horse, because I was like, he's pretty, whoever's riding the horse is pretty good. And I, I was like, I'm pretty sure it's him. Like, yeah. Yeah, really, he, real MVP of this movie. I mean, he honestly, I think, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> a little, a little sneezy out here. I just welling up a sneeze? No. No, no, I was like trying to swallow some mucus. Oh, gross. <laughs> but no, he carries the movie. Like, hard. I think if this movie just had Bastion, I would hate this movie. Or if it didn't have Atreyu. Oh, I agree. Sadly, I agree. But, yeah, that's... Ultimately, I think what stands out the most to me about this movie is that, like, I really feel... Again, I'm very surprised nobody's tried to pick it up and do it again. I'm also surprised that this movie was so expensive, and it it very much reeks of too many cooks in the kitchen. Like too many people tried to like have their hands in it. I have a feeling that they had actually a pretty good version of it, but it didn't test well, or some executive wasn't, you know. And this is just the well, feeling. So that that they, this kind of brings me to what I want to talk about, like yeah. at the end after we're done talking about Neverending. Oh no, that's I. We're we're done. I'm there's so no, so guys. Overall, Neverending Story. I love it, but with a big caveat, it's not the best movie. No, not at all. It's very intriguing. Way too vague. Super Emma. cool concepts. You know, not much else going for it yeah. as a movie. Uh-huh. I like I said, I haven't read the book, so I'm not going to judge the book. Um, just based on how much it was changed. Uh, but yeah, so I. I enjoyed watching it again. It was fun. A lot more than I enjoyed watching or trying to watch the Voyage of the Dawn Treader movie. Oh, did you try to watch I it? I tried. And that's why. I'm, so before oh. we, guys, before I get into that, I just want to say thank you for listening to the Raconteur Collection. This is our uh, every third week episode. It's just kind of a tangent episode or slash a whatever episode. Yeah. Uh, and honestly, a lot of fun to do. Next week, or is it a horse and his boy, or is it? It. I am. I'm primed and ready to do a horse and his boy for next week. Or is it? Was it my episode next? I think it would be your episode okay. next, technically, even though we skipped a week. Yeah, yeah, because we're continuing. So, guys, I hope you enjoyed that. And if you haven't, please listen back to other episodes in our catalog. We have a lot of topics that we've covered, a lot of changes that we've gone through that you might just find a little bit interesting. We do have a. Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, all just Raconteur Collection or whatever. We also have a Patreon they can subscribe to for a buck here, a buck there, maybe two bucks if you're feeling a little generous, and that gives you access to our Discord server where we're up in there chatting up. Discord uh, is where we get some good, solid feedback from people that really enjoy the show, but it's just optional. If you want to complain, you can always just message the Instagram account. So, I want to say thank you guys, and Charlie, do you have... Anything you want to say? No, thank you so much for listening. Again, apologies for the delay. But it was really fun to do this episode. I definitely want to get back into doing some more movies. It would be kind of fun to go and do some like other movies in this kind of vein, like Willow or Legend. Or I was thinking of Willow. Cause that, that It's been a while since I've seen Willow. So. Willow's in this, one of those movies in a similar time frame, where I remember seeing bits and pieces of it, and it was weird. It, was real, it freaked me out. Kind of makes me want to go back and watch, uh, shoot, Gladiator again. 
Oh, I saw that when I was like twelve or thirteen. We, you know, and it emotionally destroyed. Kate me. and I watched that recently. I, I would highly recommend it. Actually, it's good. Oh yeah, holds up. Mm-hmm. Also makes me like want to watch three hundred. Even though also we watched that one again recently, and that movie actually like really holds up. Okay, because be I remember that movie was like it's, it brought like slow mo into like a big like right. You know, not for like the first time, but it kind What's of really funny is emphasized that it. That movie I think was judged really harshly for its style, but. In fact, its style is the only thing that makes it like anywhere relevant today. And watching it now, like it still is so cool. Like, okay. that's it's kind of it's super kind of a, like cool movie yeah. to just look at and observe. Like, I mean, and Kate, Kate fun, would tell you the same thing. It'd be also fun to do over uh, the thing. And Leonidas. There's a lot of stuff we got to do episodes over. We'll get there eventually. We should just do some more movies though. So, how do you guys like it? Anyways, but can we talk about Voyage of the Dawn Treader? <laughs> A little transition here. I'm not going to mark it, but oh, yeah. So transitioning to dude. just some after talk. Did you try to watch this movie? I watched too? the whole thing. You watched the whole thing? It's so bad. Dude, like, okay. No. The <laughs> intro, I was like, you're like, okay. It's fine. fine. Like, same actors. I was like, okay, cool. I like I that. like the kid who plays Great. Eustace. Different than what I picture, but yes. not bad. But he did fine. Yeah. But so much was wrong. And what's funny? I and hate... The moment I was like, this is going to suck, is when Caspian rescues Lucy, and she's like, oh, Caspian. And I'm like, oh, no. Like, Oh, really? That early? That early. I wasn't that negative that early. No, I was that negative because I was, I was like, distinctly, she like is like, oh, you re-, like it's it's Caspian. Like, they recognize him on the boat, like, after everyone's, like, freaking out and stuff. Not so, like, you know what? And then calmly, yes, let me just raise you out of the water. You, you know, know what? Um, I know what moment? That I slept like twenty minutes in. Really stuck out to me. That really I, I knew it wasn't gonna be good. Is when they get to the Lone Islands and they send these people out into the I don't know if you got this far. They send these people out into the water in this mist takes them. Yes. And I was like Yes. And so what ends up happening is they turn the the t- one of the shortest chapters in the book, the whole island, the dark island thing. They turn that into the main antagonist of the movie. Like, darkness is leaking out of this island and, like, taking people. And what's so funny is Voyage of the and all of the Narnia books, I look at them and I'm like, why did you guys mess with the story? Like... It, I was it's reading already, about it. On, I was reading about it, and they're like, "We're trying to make it more fit, more of a movie narrative." And I was like, "Are you kidding me? Like, it's set up into beat by beat each like." I was like, I was getting mad. I, I couldn't. Oh I no, couldn't it's watch it. it's it's, it's atrocious to be honest. And I was like, "What? How are they going about this whole island?" And even when they first like you know go to like uh oh, was it Lord Burn? Yeah, and everything. I'm like, I got what. What is this? Yeah. It, like, this is not the Voyage of the Dawn Treader. This is the Voyage of the Bad it, Treader. Honestly, it feels like they're trying to do Pirates of the Caribbean. And Maybe. it just doesn't work. And and also, the <laughs> ship looks so cheeseball. The way the ship is done, I'm just like, come it, on. it cracks me up. I think, I think Netflix is doing a Narnia series. Reaper Cheap was done okay. Yeah. Reaper Cheap was fine. fine. I did like the part with him and Eustace, kind of a little skirmish. Yeah. And that, like, I was like, okay, that's not a bad part. Oh, just man. Like, Dude, you need to at least look up some clips of what... Because Eustace doesn't turn into a dragon until the very end, and he's, like, used as, like, a like a, like a a powerful, like, weapon to, like, fight the darkness. 
But man, you should look at some of the CGI for it's it's ooh. It's bad. <laughs> it's not good. Jeez. <laughs> no, but so I was like, God, like this sucks. This is so bad. I remember watching the uh, the line the the line the witch in the wardrobe. I had a few things about that, but it was well, fun. and the line the witch in the wardrobe, like overall, like does what it's supposed to do. Yeah, and like, I was, like I, in fact, quirks there, but I was like, it's fine. In fact, the first half of line the witch wardrobe, I think, is really good. It's up until they get into the river and they have that whole stupid conflict in the river. Yeah, and Peter stabs his sword in, and they're it, you're just like, why is it? We're focusing on the wrong things. Like that's not what Narnia is about. Like. Oh my gosh! And then you gotta like, think, like the people God, are gonna did, watch, did you watch Prince Caspian. Not I. I remember very. Little. There's a ton of like melodrama between like Caspian and Peter about like yeah. And I'm like, like I'm the king. No, but I'm, I'm like, the that's king. just not. I, and Peter fights him. No, no. Is it Caspian fights him in the movie? I don't know. Or am I thinking of something wrong? Like something was like really different in the movie, and I was like, whoa, whoa, that's weird. It just what's so funny to me is that. So, because Peter does fight him in the actual... The Narnia book. books are so simple that, like, there's a ton of things to expand upon, but somehow the movies just completely miss the point. Like, I'm like, no, the point's not that... It needs to be... The point's not that, like, Peter wants to be king. Like, Peter's totally behind wanting to support Caspian. Like, it's just that simple. It's like Lord of the Rings in that way to where, like... Character motivations, like, it's not Game of Thrones. It's not, like, these character dramas. It's more about the story. And, like, the movies seem to kind of forget that and want to, like, do their own thing and, like, reshape things around. And it's just, like... It's it's kind of disappointing. It's just disappointing. Like, because I'm not asking it to be... Because I felt so... I felt like a, a freaking nerd when Kate and I were watching Voyage of the Entrader. And I was like, well, actually, in the book... Dude, I was, I was doing that to Laura, and I was like, Laura, I'm, I'm not going to... Put you through this like this is bad. I'm oh no, it off. yeah. If you turn, it, yeah, it gets it gets worse when you I was go like, through. I was like, this is bad. I, just I wait to go. The duffel pods I are can't. horrible. The magician. Oh, it's all bad. It just <laughs> it'd be funny to like film us like watching <laughs> through it, and we can because that's fair use. Well, you put like I, some you know, commentary, and just like oh my god. Because I I wanted to see like I was really excited to see like how they did everything and like because exactly. like even if it's different, that's okay. Like I'm not asking it to be book accurate but i'm asking it to capture the spirit and it yes it turns it into like this they're trying to capitalize on like pirates of the caribbean lord of the rings like but they try to do they try to be everything that they just don't end up having any identity exactly and you gotta think the people who are gonna watch narnia movies are people that have known narnia all their life and that want it to be like, you know, hey, it doesn't have to be perfect, like you said, but we want this, like, I'm just repeating you, the spirit yeah. to be there. We want these characters to be how they're depicted in the books. And we want, we don't want this fantastical battle, because that's like, those are sh- super short. There's even... Those are super short. Yeah, there's even a, there's like a musical riff in Voyage of the Non-Trader that sounds eerily similar to Pirates of the Caribbean. Da-da-da-da. Yeah, it, oh, it, it, it's 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 real weird, and it just made me want to watch Pirates of the Caribbean because Pirates of the Caribbean is such, especially <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End is a way better Voyage of the Dawn Treader movie than Voyage of the so, Dawn Treader. Like Pirates of the Caribbean, or the first and Ooh, second movies are good. Right? Oh, I, and I love the third one. And what, what's the third one? Uh, at World's End, isn't there like a fourth and a fifth? Yes, one? Yes, I have not seen those. Dude, okay. I would love to do Pirates of the Caribbean. 
Those are, I mean. The first one's good, dude. Dude, the second one's great. The second one has Davy Jones. I love. Davy Jones. He's so, I, I to this day do not know how they got him looking so good. Because he yeah. looks amazing. That's, that that is movie. how, when I think of Davy Jones, that's what I think of. Oh, it's Daniel like, the Yeah, it's, oh, it's phenomenally done. Do um, you fear death? Anyways. So many ideas. So, so many, many ideas. ideas. Hopefully someone I do think we should this. tap into the movie well. I think that's a smart well to tap into. I do like, I do like movie wells. Yeah. We can call it, you know, I don't know. Charlie's movie week. Charlie's movie well. <laughs> movie dungeon. <laughs> Welcome to the, the movie, movie dungeon. dungeon. <laughs> Popcorn's ready. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the movie dungeon. That's all I have, Jack. I'm glad. I'm so glad that you watched a little bit of Voyage of the Dawn Treader because yeah, I was I didn't have anybody to tell. Dude, to that was, about it, it was frustrating to yeah. watch. Is all I'm gonna say. And I maybe I I don't even know if I can give it the whole movie. It's not worth it, honestly. Like, I, I wish like, I could tell you it was worth it. Watch it because it was bad, but it's like it was it's worse. Just for, it's just forgettable. It was worse than the initial Suicide Squad movie. I mm. walked out of the theater watching the movie. That movie was so bad. I really hated that movie. The new Suicide Squad movie? Great. Is it great? Oh, it's great. I hate how they just... Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad. The redo is basically what it is. Yeah, but it's really good, though. Okay. In fact, you and Laura would probably really like it. We've been trying to find some new shows recently. And we're like, honestly, I think you're the same way. We've fallen out of anime, like, real hard. Yep. Like, really hard. Yep. Because I'm just tired of the tropes. I'm tired of... (sighs) I'm I don't tired. mind it every now and then, but I'm telling you, um, Somali and the Forest Spirit, really, it's not like a super intense one, but it's a great short 12-episode series. Yeah. That's like the only one recently that I've watched that I was like, hey, this is good. Well, I like this. I think a big reason... Very not tropey. A big reason why I got into anime in the first place was because it was so different. Like, different worlds, different ideas, different concepts... And I, that was really what intrigued me about it is that like, unlike I feel like a lot of like Western media, especially when I started getting into an anime like you know what ten or so years ago, I felt like anime was different enough where well, like, like almost fifteen years ago, like now, you probably. would get like, you see stuff like Beyond the Boundary or like all these like weird stuff or like, uh, uh, I don't know, the weird uh, Luck God one, or like Soul Eater like. All these like weird concepts and weird worlds that like were yeah. very cool and realized. But then the problem is, is like it's kind of just shallow. Like I try to watch some of these shows again and I'm like, God, you can tell it's painfully obvious that the show's designed for like a young boy. And well, so here's my thing. I almost wish there was like so you have like Naruto. Like Guilty Crown. Like I'm thinking well, of like, so many. You have like, Naruto. Cool. I love the story. I, I don't know the, completely, but I love the story of Naruto. I, I watched, love, I've watched all of Naruto. Characters too. are great, you know, yeah. but trying to watch it now is so hard. Oh. Because there's just it's so the same, much talk. It's the same with Bleach. Like, yeah, I, I love absolutely love Bleach. I remember, Bleach. like, sat. I, I joined in when you were, like, on episode, like, 60 yeah. or something. And we, we watched it together until, like, what, episode 200? It's so freaking good. But trying to watch it again, yeah. and now that I'm older and don't have as much time, yeah, it just I f- it feels like it's funny because like the episode anime episodes aren't long, twenty two minutes, but they still feel like they're wasting my time because there's just it, it's it's literally characters explaining to you what's happening on screen, and you're like, yeah, I'm 
I'm watching it. You don't need to tell me. Oh, no way. How did he do that? Oh, da, 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 da. And it's funny because I think... Just, I'm like, stop. Just just do. I think that's why an anime like Death Note works so well is because that kind of explaining of motivations and stuff works really well for this kind of cat and mouse back and forth. Yes. But it doesn't work well in Naruto when I'm like, dude, I really... I, I feel like reliving this fight between Sasuke and what's his name. And it's like, well, so the actual fight takes place over four episodes and there's probably about five minutes of actual fighting and development in every single one of these episodes. Most of it is recap, thinking, thinking, oh, he's going to do this, I'm going to do that. He's going to do this, I'm going to do that. Oh, that's not what happened. He didn't do this, I am going to do it. And you're like, oh, he surprised me with this. Like, yeah. Shit, man. You're like, please, just, just, just stop. Just and act. I think that's why. <laughs> Don't think, act. I think that's why Like, I got really into, I, I didn't finish the series, but I watched a show called God of High School, which is just like this combat one. And so I'm getting more into like the anime that's more just like, weird and wacky because it kind of skips that like shonen trope which that's, i can't i just yes. can't do the shonen stuff anymore like, that's you know. why there's that one uh not re-zero not re-zero re-zero <laughs> re-life yeah re-life is really good yeah i really like that one and see i mean zero is good up until re-zero is like the best then, worst show i've ever seen like i don't understand how yeah. a show can be so good but then also so bad yeah like honestly I would have loved that show to end at spoilers when he gets killed yeah. in the snow. That last episode, I would have been one hundred percent happy awesome. with that. Yeah, you know, end because what? That's where he's carrying like Amelia's body. Yeah, and like yeah, and you're like, no, it's isn't it Rom Ram? Oh, is that what or, it is? I think I so. Yeah, yeah, that, right. I was like, that part's so yeah. good. And then after that, you're like, okay. We get it. He's going to be depressed for five episodes. Okay, everything's fine for five episodes. Okay, this for five. Like, it's just rinse, repeat after a certain point. It's sad, man, yeah. But anyways. So, yeah, I find myself getting into more of the wacky ones because at least with the wacky ones, like, there's an element of chaos that is fun to watch. Like, they're, I feel like they're using animation for their benefit. Mm-hmm. Thinking of something wacky. Maybe think of Game Grumps playing golf. Well, see, I'm, I'm thinking of, like, Kill a Kill, Gurren Lagann. Like, I love those ones. Like, those ones are kind of timeless. Gurren Lagann's really good. You know, Gurren Lagann, I don't think, aged super well. You don't think so? I mean, I haven't watched it again since we watched it. But, like, yeah, a lot of those more weird ones I really like. Uh, some of the older Berk, ones. Berk, Berserk anime. Oh, yeah, that's good. But I even think of, like, Psychopaths. Like, every once in a while, there are ones that I think are really good. I like Golden Time a lot. I still like that one. Yeah. That one's, I think that one's pretty solid. But yeah, no, I, I so I'm right on there. I'm right on the same page. Where like anime has just not. And so I'm not like turned off to it, but I, I just, I just don't care. And I don't want to like go through like okay, five episodes in, okay, I don't want to. That's watch it the anymore. issue is that like I'm like no, it's not worth to be. Like, oh, I like this, and I'm gonna suffer through all this. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So, anyways, I think it's enough side talk, and we're gonna talk for a bit, ten more minutes, but that's gonna be for our. Uh, $100 Patreon subscribers. Um, that's where we're going to bring out the lights, production, the cameras, all the good stuff. Anyways, guys, thank you for listening. We appreciate you very much. You all have a good one. Take it easy. And with that, a final farewell. Until next time, it's never goodbye. Until next time. Farewell. Farewell. What's that from? Farewell. I'll try you.